live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. Rugs all alone off to the right. He's one-on-one with Darius Slay. Slay gives him a little bit of a cushion. Now he backs off. Carr looks to the middle, fires, grabbed in the end zone by Foster Moreau. Jackpot, baby! Vegas touchdown! Carr takes it snap and hands it off now and running for the touchdown jackpot baby josh jacobs the ball is across the two just short of the one yard line zay jones and edwards go off to the left now richard is the running back cars up underneath james gonna fire quickly jackpot baby touchdown raiders it's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Four o'clock hours here. Crank it up for a second. You know, we rarely call out in a good way Ari for his production as part of the vast production crew at Lotus Broadcasting. Yeah. But I do have listeners all the time come up to me and say, that guy does a good job. We see it on social media. That music right there is incredibly monotonous and annoying. <laughs> but I mean this in a good way, because if you're an Eagles fan, that's what, like, that feels like the baseline that was playing throughout the game. I, it's like, my but, God, exactly. nothing is nothing is working. Angel can vouch for me. I've been, I've been bumping. Bop him to my. I've been sitting here. I'm I think I may have hit a. I hit a dab real quick. Yeah, I mean, just, so not monotonous. Oh. Was that quite hip? <laughs> it had a nice bass line. Yeah, it, it hit real. You like it, the horns come in, right? I like horns. And, and I, cut, I, I, I've announced that I've liked horns, and I've been chastised heavily for liking horns. Horns are good. I like drums. I like marching bands. Well, I've, been, I've hor- been annihilated on the show. Like for busting okay. horns. Okay. You okay, like busting horns. Listen, we're gonna bring up horns. We're gonna bring up marching bands. I mean. Grambling State was out there yesterday, lighting up at halftime. That was pretty cool. The How was it? The marching band was it was awesome. It was good, of course, yeah. it was. Yeah, good. Um, no, but when you got the horns coming in, it's it's almost you know that's that's like old orchestras type stuff. You want to hear that? And then that, and I'm waiting for some hi hats, and all of a sudden, boom, that bass hit. So I got a little got a little head bob going. I'm ready. I'm ready for the final. I am ready for everybody to come down here and get the freebies and hang out at Twin Peaks and watch the game. We got some special guests coming up. It's going to be a good time tonight. Look, the, look up Timmy Trumpet. Timmy Trumpet. There's a good horn song. we got to find that at some point. Come on, Ari. You're a mix master. I got DJ this covered. Ari. I got it covered. You know, Ari you know and I. know I'm talking about? Am I, ta- I think I got the right. Isn't it Freaks? No. Is it Freaks? No. Timmy, yeah, Timmy I, Trumpet. I think, actually met, I think he mentions in the, the song. He's like, yeah. he's like, you know, whatever. Get the horns the, going. The one thing that Ari uh, I like that shares my. I told share, you I like horns. Agrees with me and shares is that Rakim is one of the greatest oh, yeah. rappers of all time. If not the. By the way, I don't think he's going to get me the music. He's just going to. He'll just talk it. to you. He'll get At it. some point, he'll get it on the Commodore 64. Yeah. These things take time. We know that. All right, big five time. Battled Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four. Number five. Oh, boy. Raiders flying high, five and two. Las Vegas' team. Golden Knights, one and four. Well, a lot of Vegas is pissed and annoyed, ranting, raving. Willie, imagine if Marc Andre Fleury was kicking booty right now. Then, then we, then we, then we'd really have a contingent My of Knights goodness. fans going off. So, man, four losses in a row. Last night, offensively, nothing working. 
four games, six goals, 0-4 run. So I, I read a tweet earlier today, a uh, dude who's on uh, the ABC station here locally, does some radio as well, mm. Sean Tempesta, says, Gallant lost four games in a row, got fired. Knights are down, fourth loss in a row in sight. This was last night, 0 for 27 on the power play, going back to last season. If Spot still has a job after tonight, it's malpractice. Fire one of the assistants after five games? Sure. He uh, he's not happy, you know. Spots were they, and that came up, you know. Just it's it's been the topic of conversation. Is he gonna? The power play is not good, and and the power play. This goes back to last June, the second round of the playoffs. That's the last time that they scored a power play goal in the second round. They didn't score one. If you remember, that was a big issue during the offseason. Uh, the the exit interviews with the media, Mark Stone, everybody. We, this is an area that we obviously have to focus on. Um, coming into the season, it was brought up again. It was it was almost like the same thing that irritated John Gruden when we asked him about the red zone. And is that something you got to work on? This was a big issue with the Golden Knights was the power play, and now they're zero for eleven. And you know we've heard the we've heard the somewhat of the same answer from Pete DeBoer the last couple of games is like, hey, four or five of our top guys are on the uh, are on the injured reserve list. Our, our power play guys are on the injured list. But then in another, outside the other side of the mouth, you know, in another breath, we're hearing, you know, well, the depth on this team. This is our depth. We have depth. You know, we're coming in with a lot of talent. I will point out that I also hear many UNLV fans not wanting to hear anything about Rebel football injuries. Right? Nobody wants to hear excuses. People want results. But, 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 as we we point out many times, we're both, but, 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 as we point out many times, especially (laughs) Adam Hill, part of the company, um, excuses aren't always excuses. People will label excuses when they're facts. They're not necessarily an excuse. They're just telling you, hey, we got injuries. This is one of the reasons. That that doesn't have to be an excuse. It's a fact. About the Jar- Gerard Gallant thing. Yes. Which, by the way, uh, I will effort getting Tempesta on the show. I do, like, when you mention Gallant. I do believe there are enough people out there who still harbor resentment from the Gallant firing. And now they're like, oh, really? Got rid of the guy. Rangers how, are undefeated. How come heads aren't rolling now? Well, because it's a little different. It's a well, lot different. It's a lot different because I think DeBoer is a company guy. Well, DeBoer is a the guy they want from a style standpoint. Right. Uh, Gallant, it wore thin, and, you know, frankly, they weren't getting along. No. He wasn't. He wasn't. Employing the lineup changes, adjustments, using analytics the way they wanted him to. He, his mindset that's why, is, that's why I'm, board, I'm guessing I'm guessing Spot ain't gone yet because of that. Right. And, and by the way, I don't approve of when we you start five games into the season talking about a guy's job status in the hockey season. This isn't the NFL. You know, come on. 82 games. Eight, I, you know, again, said this before. If we were talking about a one in four slide between games – you know, 24 and 29, this would be a non-topic. But it's the start of the season, and they do have a mass unit, a, a laundry list of, of injuries. You know, when Gallant was fired, the four-game losing streak followed a four-game winning streak. So there was more to that four-game losing streak than, you know, there was there were a collection of things – the struggles, the you know, 
there was there it was definitely behind the scenes. There was definitely some headbutting going on. Yes. They got their guy. They got who they wanted. They they named that way too quick for it not to have been. They already knew what they were doing, putting the pieces in place. And because of that, they're not going to so quickly get rid of this staff five games into the season. Not not the way that you they tell were brought them, Willie. In. So you tell them. Relax. Number four. Uh, more rumors about Deshaun Watson on the move. The Texans quarterback who's uh, facing all these allegations, but, you know, a top five guy at the position in the league. Deadline's coming up November 2nd. Latest rumor, because uh, Miami's been talked about for the last week or so, latest rumor has the Panthers mm-hmm. potentially getting into the mix. What do you think of that? Well, I, I think that Deshaun Watson, it, where he lands, if, if any team gets him, it's it's a good move for that team. My question is, what are you going to do when you get him? You're gonna, okay, you're going to get him, but are you going to just go ahead and throw him on the field and ignore everything that's going on because the Texans aren't playing well, him for what, what would I do? Yeah, I would try to put him on the field, and I would force the NFL's hand. I, I Is the NFL going to suspend him or not? They haven't, so let's go. make it this, I mean, the Texans have actually made it easier for the NFL. Let's crap or get off the pot here on Deshaun right. Watson. Is the NFL going to sit him down or not? Yeah, trade for him and see what they do. So, if, so whichever team trades for him, if they get him, and I like the move to Carolina. I think it's I think it's fine. But um, whichever, do it with the intent that you're going to play the guy. Yes. If the NFL is not going to do anything, put him on the field. Let's go. Let's get it cracking. He does have a no trade clause. Um, apparently, he's already said no about going to Philadelphia. The Eagles fans were here over the weekend, <laughs> right? They're a uh, they're an aggressive lot. You see the way they're treating Ben Simmons, right? Is anyone going to mention that, and I would love for Deshaun Watson to mention it, that there are a lot of athletes out there, Willie, who when they look at Philly fans and media, New York fans and media, Boston fans and media are like, nah, no. I want to have fun. I want to make a living. I don't want to be tortured. Like, I wonder if that's part of it with Deshaun Watson. He's like, I'm not going to Philadelphia to play in front of those fans and that media. I mean, is that, am I out of line here? No. Absolutely not, because it's part of it. I think it doesn't it, make it, what. What other reason? Why would he not want to go to Philadelphia? It's it's actually been a quality organization. They're having a tough time this and year. And overall, it's a passionate sports town for a passionate, you know, competitive guy. Um, you know, I mean, come up, came up from Georgia, and then he goes and he um, grew up in Georgia. Went to Clemson. Um, so yeah, this is this is somebody who with a with a competitive nature that you would think, but. For some reason, and and the fans could have something to do with it, with how hard they are on people. So, um, like right now, what pro athlete would want to go to Philly based on what they're seeing with Ben Simmons? I don't know. I'm sure some would, but yeah. I think a lot of are like, I don't need that. No. Who who would? You turn on me, and now I'm the um, freaking villain. I'm number the bad one guy? in the city. Yeah. And you last, see- last week you got you got media people, uh, or I guess the Sixers leaked it, but saying. Oh, the mental health issues that Simmons claims to have, he's faking. Oh, really? That's what we're doing now. No thanks, Philly. I think I'll pass on playing in your city. And you got to wonder if they're asking. I'm sure they're out there. I haven't done the, the search today. I've uh, been a little sidetracked with some other stuff. But uh, they got to be asking for a Sirianni's job at some point. These fans are ruthless. I mean, they were ruthless There were ruthless uh, There yesterday. were multiple headlines today and subheads. Yeah. One and done. Which, again, is ridiculous seven games in. You don't know enough about the guy and his staff to be one and done. Calling for one. Frankly, one and done is stupid anyway. You have to be horrendous to be a one and done coach in the National Football League. Number three. Well, speaking of markets like that that are really pissed off and have, uh, you know, enemy number one. 
Chicago and Matt Nagy. I haven't read the comments today, but I can only imagine what some of them were like. Uh, Matt Nagy has tested positive for COVID. I'm sure there are a bunch of people who are like, good. Oh, now we've got a chance. Stop. Please, stop. Now that game, boy, oh, boy, the Buccaneers kicked some booty. Pun intended, right? Stole some booty, whatever. Booty with the uh, pirate theme. A couple of things happened in the game. Mike Evans catches Brady, touchdown pass number 600, (laughs) and is like, here you go, bro, to a fan. Like, what are you doing? He didn't know. Yeah. Wasn't thinking. I mean, he had to have known. He had to know whether you knew that was the actual one or it was coming up. You just know, hey, don't give any balls away until we, you know. But We've seen this happen before in baseball. Absolutely. Less controllable. Let's you know, let, home, you know McGuire hits a jack, a record jack. Bonds, right? Some rando out, you know, 500 feet away has the ball, right. and there's been negotiations. Right. Tom Brady and Giselle are worth what? $600 million combined? Yes. Cha-ching. And, and, and Giselle's 500 Cha-ching. of it. Cha-ching. Like, are you a jerk as a fan if you're like, I got the ball, I'm getting money? I, you're asking me personally? Yeah. I'm not a jerk about it. I'm going to go – I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to negotiate, but I'm not going to go for – I'm not going to try to be a jerk about it and get money. But, I mean, I know that they're going to come and negotiate. I, I'll get some – You're season, not – this I'll isn't – I'll get season tickets and then sell them and make it there. I'm oh, not going to sit there. Come on. I'm not going to – I just – I don't know. I just wouldn't do I just, it. Hey, I just stepped in it. Payday time. Let's do it. Plus, it's, this isn't like a Patriots fan. Like, oh, I owe Brady because he's given us all these good Okay, times. so let me it's ask It's a Buccaneers you, fan. Okay, what are you asking for? Just off of your head, what are you asking for? A couple hundred thousand dollars minimum. Nice. Why not? Can we go to dinner? I, if I get a couple hundred thousand dollars for the Tom Brady football, yes. I'll keep sending you lists. We go to Barry's. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to all the nice places. <laughs> yeah, I, believe me, I wish it was an opposing fan. You ready for this one? Uh, the person who caught, who was given the ball by Mike Evans, 600 TD ball, already gave it back. This is what the person gets. Trust me, it ain't $200,000. Uh, two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom. A signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats. A thousand dollar credit, one thousand dollar credit at the Bucks team store, and two season tickets for the remainder of the season and next, and a minimum season tickets for life. The great, the they're great. Gonna, they're going to limit my season tickets to this year and next. That's all he got for great, that football. The great, you, you people are schnooks. The great. What is wrong with you? The greatest is. I'm going to fall out of my two, chair. Two. The greatest is two signed jerseys because well you got to sell one of them. Right, so he's going to sell that. He'll sell the Evans jersey and the cleats. So he'll frame the helmet and the the jersey. He'll sell some of the season tickets. What a joke! What did that? What was the original? Uh, what was the original uh, appraisal? It was some people are out there saying it could be worth a half a billion. Really? That's what I thought. I so I, I I shot too low. You already shot your shot. I mean, think of, think about the record here. Is anyone ever going to throw 600 touchdown passes in their career? The guy's playing until he's 150 years old. Just just the feat of some of these these lifetime records. Twenty. Think about it. It ain't e- even. I, I know they're they're old timey quarterbacks. Were like, it's easy today to throw touchdowns. Like you got to be consistent. And for 30 freaking or check that 20 years, 20 years of 30 touchdowns every year. No one's gonna break this record. Hold on, hold on. How many years is he in? He's whatever he is, 20 or 21 now. But on average, you know, 30 touchdowns. 
For 20 years, I think I got 600. I'm pretty good at math that way. Okay, hang on. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just running something real quick here. Let's run hey, the let's numbers. Keep it, keep it here. Keep it here. He keep it. Ari, here. crank up the Commodore 64 in the studio. Maybe it can back up Willie's laptop. Willie's laptop smoking right now. We got problems. This is taking way too long. You might have to do a Francesca hum here. I was hoping. Do we have a Francesca hum? I was hoping. Turn it up. Hold on. Just sit there. Yep. That's, that's, that's our lookup music now, our lookup sounder. We just play Mike Francesca. Derek when Carr is up. on pace if he were to play for 21 years because he's my go-to quarterback to throw for in that same, in 21 years, 510 touchdowns. Okay, amazing, right? I say that he'll, but he'll get better as he goes. Oh, you think he's so going to break ex- the record? So exponentially, if he, if he play, if Derek Carr plays as many years as Tom Brady, he'll get. He'll so get, it's at about twelve more years. Is that right? Eleven more years? Do you want to make an eleven-year bet right now on on live radio? Yeah. Okay. Will either one of us be here in eleven? No, don't be morbid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had friends in radio actually make a bet on Carlos Delgado home run total. When he was in his second year. So they had to wait like 16 years until they found out the result. Jeez. Uh, I, I was just telling you off the air. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really into betting season totals, season futures. So I don't think I'm making a bet with you for 11 years from now on Derek Carr. Seven years from now, whatever it is. All right, top two stories. Number two. A lot of stars of the game yesterday. Uh, we'll, we'll call out both lines in a good way. The offensive line was excellent. I mean, really excellent. That Eagles line is supposed to be pretty good. And... Those guys held up really well, whether it was Josh Jacobs early in the game or Kenyon Drake late in the game. They opened holes. They kept the Eagles' defense off of Derek Carr. He went 31 of 34. That's near a record for completion percentage, above 90%. It's amazing. An amazing season. And then let's get to the defensive line. Yeah. My God, they keep doing it. (laughs) And Jalen Hurts is not an easy guy to defend, but between Crosby and Ngakwe, dynamite. Where do you want me to start? Because that offensive line has been so impressive the last two weeks in in opening holes for the running game. You know, and, and it's not a matter of the the mass yardage; it's the quality yardage at the right time. Josh Jacobs had a, had a great game until he got hurt. A great half, I should say. Uh, it's some some really big runs, and then Kenyon Drake. But overall, just. For Derek Carr to throw ninety-one percent to complete ninety-one percent of his passes, he's got to have good protection. And I repeat, he did not get sacked. He had he was hit twice. That six straight quarters with no sacks from that offensive line. And we're talking about a line you ran the grades earlier that has been arguably the worst offensive line in the NFL through the team's first five games. And now. It's, it's, it's arguable that they're probably one of the top five offensive lines. As for the defensive line, it just keeps doing what it's been doing all season with with the highest graded pass uh, edge rusher in Max Crosby. I believe he's, st- he's still number one. I'll let you look that up. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe was on a mission yesterday. I mean, he was in Jalen Hurts' face. Denzel Perryman batted balls. I mean, swarming secondary. I mean, they could not do anything. They, they, that first drive, they, they, they made their way down there. But five straight drives would be their punt or turnover for the Eagles. At the other side, five straight drives with a score for the for the Raiders. And they they stressed and talked about leading up to that game after the Bears game that 
it's on the defense. After that defense, after that clunker against the Bears, they had said, we have to do a better job of getting the ball in the offense's hands. We have to do something to help our offense. We have to create turnovers. And that's what we're seeing. One of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL hit seven times, sacked twice, pressured throughout the day. Number one. Are you going to follow up on the angle, or some, will someone follow up on the angle, and I'm talking about media, of this team is better and more calm on game day without John Gruden? I am counting on my colleague, Josh Dubow, who from the Bay Area will be handling the bye week uh, with the Associated Press. We run bye week, you know, sort of just a mid-season, you know, what what the team's doing, an overview of the team. Josh is handling that on the Raiders. I'm somewhat taking the week off how of much, Raider coverage. How, I much, think, how much loyalty do these players have to Gruden? Uh, Jacobs obviously stepped out of line a little bit and said, and I don't mean out of line in a bad way, but he, you know, he, he wasn't there to defend Gruden on game day, sideline, decorum. So do you, is there anyone else you think that would go, you know what, No, you guys are on to something. We are better without Gruden. Which, by the way, I don't necessarily believe. But No, okay. I don't think that they're going to specifically say that. And where I was going to finish with Josh is that I think that that's going to be a topic of discussion. But what I do think that these guys are going to say is that they're not going to slam Gruden, but they're going to say that they came together because of the adversity that was brought forth toward Gruden. In a sense, it'll almost be a subliminal slam toward the league and the commissioner and the leakage of the emails. We needed to come together. We needed to bond. We needed to da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So that made them better. The adversity is what made them better under Basaccia, not Gruden. It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. Kenyon Drake. Without a fullback now. Gets the handoff. Bust toward the end zone. Jackpot, baby! Vegas touchdown! Kenyon Drake takes it home. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Getting ready for Monday Night Football. Seahawks and the Saints. A couple of things. Well, first of all, here at Twin Peaks, we got 84 TVs inside, nine outside. Uh, I officially counted it, so that that is the number. Okay. Um, few things. One, it's getting a little chilly in Vegas and breezy. It ain't Seattle because watching the pregame, Randy Moss has a wool cap on. Mm. No thank you in October. It's supposed to be 52 tonight and raining throughout the game. That sucks. And I already like the under to start with. There you go. How low is it now, though? Let me look four, it up. It was, Let me get the official uh, line uh, sheet up. Do we have Hold the, uh, do we have the look here up, Here we go. It is still, it's still sitting there. Actually, uh, there's a jump at one place. I see a 42. I see a 41 and a half. But there's 40, it was 41 earlier. Uh, right now I'm seeing Saints 5, Consensus 5, and 41 and a half. I like the Seahawks and the Unders. Gino, I like Preston Gino. Listen, the defense has played better than people imagine, better than people think. I think the Saints traveling across the country in that weather against a desperate team. I like the Seahawks. So the other thing I'm saying, because you know, like we're distracted, right? I'm really not, but 
seeing things during the break. Um, I don't know if you know this, if you listen over the years. I'm, I have a, quite the affinity for oddities in terms of, like, human beings, like just giant people hmm. and, and small people. And when you combine them together, like Boban with anyone, like Boban with uh, SVG, Stan Van Gundy, the hedgehog, fascinating, right? Uh, Real Sports just did a piece, and in a way it was actually kind of sad. It was very enlightening. Um, they just did a piece on some of the giants of basketball, like Taco Fall, yeah. and they found a seven-seven kid, uh, Robert Bobrovsky, who's playing at I think at Rochester in uh, Michigan. He's seven foot seven. He weighs one hundred ninety-five pounds. Like he hasn't grown into his body. Jeez. And he, you know, he said they had another guy who was seven foot seven, a British dude. And it's just like every day, every minute of every day, people are looking at him. I was just, but but it's a combo of like the, the small person and the big person that always fascinates me. I just saw uh, Stacey King is a big guy. He played at Oklahoma. He's six ten. He's put on some weight. Let's just say he's he's a big fella. And Adam Amin, who we've had on before, is little. He's like 5'6", 140 pounds. The size differential on TV, I'm like, my God, that's a big human being. There's and then Adam's fella. only making him look bigger because he's a little guy. Oh, we got a big fella. It's like you and I. <laughs> right? It's like you and I. Stacey King. Those Actually, are... we're, only, we're, only like, we're only like 15 pounds apart. That's, that's but, a... uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of configured and the, positioned differently. It's the aesthetics. Are <laughs> the aesthetics. <laughs> my aesthetics are slop. That's, that's, is that, were you holding back? <laughs> God. Uh, there, I, I, I tell you, because I, I actually, I'll look at pictures sometimes. Last night I was at Crazy Horse 3, and I'm like, my God, those breasts. I was talking about mine. I thought I was it was like, I, like, I'm wearing a black shirt, and it's still not slimming. My moves are still showing up in a picture. No flash anymore. That's it, Angel. No flash. Did you do any lap dances? Did you have uh, to dude, perform? I'm, I'm, I'm working. Oh, did I do any? No. No, but I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, like, I don't know, like 54 Bs. That's not impressive, but yeah. I got them. I thought about you when, when, when Danny and I were racing to the parking lot, walking up that street to yeah. the, to the yeah. parking lot. When line, you were I, working, you I, thought about me, didn't I you? Knew you? I knew that you were over there. I was like, man, I'd rather go to that after party. I'm like, wow, this is tough tonight. Yeah. It was rough. I'll tell you, we had. You were laughing. Going, <laughs> I had <laughs> such a good time. We had, uh, we had a listener who's like a 20-year listener, Left Coast Mike, who got banned. His name, Left Coast Mike, got banned on Twitter. I think he's, like, way too cold now. Really good Twitter follower. Man, he's a big fan of the show. I was so, I was so happy. He came out. He won one of the VIP prizes um, and had a table and, you know, got, got hooked up. So, yeah, it was very cool. I'm going to get over there one day when I don't have to pull double shift because I'll, I'll bang out my story and then I'm going to shoot straight over. Up next, let's pull back the curtain. Yep. The guy who never holds back, even on the rest of the media. Vic Tafer from The Athletic is up the man, the for, myth, a little the Ra- for a little Raiders talk here at Twin Peaks with Willie and Cofield. The Ultimate Sports Lodge, where you can watch every game in HD. The beer is an icy 29 degrees, and the food leaves you coming back for more. Twin Peaks Lodge in Henderson. Yeah, again, I just feel like, you know, we just put it, we just put it to rest, to be honest with you. We just put the, the last game we played to rest, and we're going to talk about the rest that they're going to get. We're going to talk about their ability to, to keep getting themselves in supreme physical condition, and then when we come back, we'll be um, preparing all we can possibly for the, you know, the New York Giants, and um, that's just really the lane we're going to stay in. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. So about 40 minutes away from kickoff of the Seahawks and the Saints. Let's continue to talk Raiders. Good times, right? Five and two. Vic Tafer covers the Raiders. He has for a while with the Athletic. He's up with Willie and myself, Steve Cofield. Uh, bad news, Willie. You missed the whole story. 
uh, Vic and tell it again, but he, he used rideshare coming down from the strip, and I think he just got robbed. <laughs> I mean, he just got swindled. What the hell's going on? The guy asked for my PIN number, and it caught me off guard, so I gave him my, my ATM PIN. But I guess they'd now send you pins on the Uber app, which I wasn't aware of. So I told the guy, if I get robbed, I'm looking for him because he has my, my information. I never heard of that before. I, I actually think you're in trouble. Uh, did you say, if, if, uh, if I get robbed, he I'm did. getting ready to go in and see Willie Ramirez? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, I, I know a guy here. I know an old Vegas guy. Who I know knows, a guy who knows who a guy. Know, who knows spots in the desert. I know a guy who knows a guy. If we get a body, it'll be. Willie's, Willie's, like, real light and jovial, but there's a side of Willie where I'm like, yeah. Dude, I don't know what you were doing during the 80s, but it's scary. Right. I think his memory, like, it blanks out conveniently at the time. It's like, hey, what happened? And you're like, oh, what? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So some things you won't tell you about. It's a good sign. It means I'm not going to snitch. There you go. All right. Oh, that's that's right. I forgot about that whole thing. My God, you got him going on snitches? That I, That's one. We won't mention who you're talking about. It's a pro athlete who is a golf golfer, and he might golf lefty. Um, <laughs> but he freaking, I'll just say it, he lost it on Phil Mickelson. Because Mickelson had a whole thing years ago with the insider trading. Right. And, like, one night on a podcast, I was like, whoa, dude, your head's going to explode. Right. Yeah. It was a, he, 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 he was not kind in a situation to a very close friend of mine who has been there for me somewhat in – I'm not going to use the whole, the, like, the father figure, but he's an older man. So, obviously, he's – but he's been there for me. He's been very loyal to me. And when we first met, we pre, he preached that – he had heard that I was a very loyal person, and that's why he's bringing me into his inner circle. And so he just said, as long as you're always loyal in, 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 our, in everything that we do and everything, blah, 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 I'll always have your back. And for X amount of years, we may not talk for it, and there was a good reason we hadn't talked for several, the last several years. And I pick up a phone, and it's, it's a done deal within an hour. And, and, Phil, and Phil got him. Yeah, so, so Phil is enemy number one for for it, Willie. It only takes a Google to know who I'm talking about, but yeah. that's my guy, and and you just don't, you know, you just, you know. Gotcha. All right, I'm, I'll make a note. Don't cross Willie Ramirez. Yeah, maybe maybe don't cross Ritz Masaccia. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, these guys love him. They're they're playing for him. Yeah, I mean, two and zero. Oh, I got to say, he's pushing the right buttons. But also, I think like he said several times, I think the continuity is a big deal. I have exactly the same staff. I mean, the only thing that's changed is that the, the head of the Head of the dragons gone, but the whole dragon's still functioning, and I think that's been good for them to kind of, kind of go forward without him. And definitely, uh, a lot of confidence to have in the roster, a lot of confidence to have in the rest of the staff, and it showed the last two weeks. Vic, one of the things that came up with before you got here, we were talking about is, um, you know, now that you got this bye week, right? And there's going to be obviously there's going to be a lot of stories that are come out mid season. You know, what now? Where does this team go, and how does it respond? And Josh Jacobs is the only one that we've heard really make a comment on the sideline was less stressful. We didn't hear that so on and so forth. At some point, it's going that someone's got to address the issue. Are you better off with where's Gruden holding you back? Blah blah blah. blah. Or do you think that they're going to take the side of where no, we've embraced the brotherhood to avoid the adversity? Where do you think we're? Are we going to hear from anyone else to say yes? It was Gruden holding us back, and, no, and, and where, where where do you think this goes from here? Yeah, I don't think so. I think like a lot of fans are saying that like Gruden's holding us back. But if you look back when they were three and zero, they had one of the best offenses in the league under Gruden, and then obviously they had O line trouble, which really killed them in the two games after that. They lost both those games, and the O line's gotten better. They moved Leatherwood to guard. That was a big time move. Apparently, he's played well there, and uh, Brandon Parker's been better. Than I thought he was going to be at right tackle. So I think the O line. Yesterday was really good, and that was a big difference. So I, I'm not sure players are going to jump in. Like the Josh kind of 
you know, put his toes in the water there. And my whole thing is, like, obviously the sideline's calmer. Like, I mean, the guy was called Chucky for a reason. He's not – I mean, you take out Chucky, I mean, people aren't going to die. It's the same kind of deal. So I, I think that's kind of a natural natural progression without, without John Gruden there. But, uh, again, I mean, all his fingerprints are on this whole – like, he, he built the roster, he built the coaching staff, he built the front office. So you can't really give – the team too much credit and then say that you know Gruden was holding him back. I, I don't think at least. Could there be a tighter relationship that's working well with Greg Olson and Derek Carr versus Carr and Gruden? Yeah, I think always definitely different energy. Definitely, I think. Um, well, Carr said how much he's learned from Gruden over the last three years and the kind of was a key to his development. But Ole was there from the beginning. Ole was there when he was drafted, zero and ten in twenty fourteen. So Ole's been there through some darker times as well. Definitely a different way to handle Derek. He was kind of the middleman when, when Gruden and Derek over the years. He's kind of the guy who, you know, would kind of uh, soften some things a little bit and kind of maybe the message would be a little softer coming from Olsen and then from Gruden. But uh, clearly he was involved in the, all the playbook, you know, um, development and all of Carr's work the last few years to make more plays with his feet, you know, let the plays develop, you know, don't, don't be too fast in your first read. So I think um, it definitely has it's worked out really well for both Derek and for Greg Olsen to have each other uh, at this time. And with that um – I think that would, – would you say this is a fair statement? Is With that, when you had John Gruden, he trusts him. They had a great relationship. But at the same time, he's still going to control things. And he's going to – if he wants to veto it, he vetoes it. But it seems like Rich and Greg, they're going to kind of feed off of De- Derek's strength. But if Derek were to say, you know what, I think we should do this, they're going to go, okay, let's go. Whereas Gruden's going to be like, no, it's done this way. I, is, is there more of a less controlling of Derek with this relationship than when Gruden was there? It's hard to say. I'm not, I'm not in the meetings. I think definitely, look at Olsen, he's definitely trimmed some things from the playbook. There's definitely things that he didn't like. You see a lot more. Um, like the two screenplays the last two weeks have been great. That's something they didn't do with Gruden. So I think that I'm not sure if Gruden would say no, but I think definitely maybe uh, I'll say this. I get the impression that maybe Derek, if he made a mistake, say, in a game, he might be more wary about hearing about it than he was now. Maybe he's a little more, more has more freedom to do things now without worrying about the immediate repercussions. Like I think the – I think he's always had the freedom to do things in the line of scrimmage, but maybe now uh, the reaction, if it goes poorly, is a little different. And there's maybe more freedom to do more things and not feel like, hey, if I do this wrong, you know, I'm going I'm to hear about it. Maybe that, that could be a part of it. But I don't know if Gruden actually, I, I, from my understood, Gruden was pretty open to, like, Carr's ideas. He wanted him to play comfortably. And uh, you saw Carr grow the last few years. So I'm, I'm not sure about that, but maybe. I'm, I'm not in the meeting, so. I don't know exactly how, how that works. One of the storylines throughout training camp that we kept hearing about and, and, and you'd see and they were having fun with and we'd get out there and you'd hear the voice. You'd hear Gruden barking, but the other energetic voice from a positive standpoint, Gus Bradley. You've watched this team. You've covered this team. You've seen that defense. We saw it collapse in the second half of the season. How amazed are you at what the, just the transformation under Bradley? Yeah, he's like a, I mean, like a ray of sunshine. I think this defense has been so bad for so long. To have somebody come in and not only know what he's talking about, he has a resume, but also just the most positive person you'll ever talk to. Like, I think for players, that was important. And it's like, you know, don't worry about, I mean, you always hear coaches, don't worry about last year's the new year. But with him, you actually believe it. You actually, you know what? We can be good if we do these things. And Ngakwe was a huge ad. Ngakwe gave him so much more than they had last year. So I think those two things really, this team believed early. I think, you know, we talk about Max Crosby and Ngakwe, how they kind of pushed the rest of the team at, uh, a practice and that definitely carried over and I think Gus has just been uh, just great I mean both both terms of, of play calling and also just the way he handles players and, and personalities it's Cofield and Company at Twin Peaks Raiders expert Raiders insider from the athletic Vic Tafer is here with us uh, chatting about good times right now at five and two 
Uh, Vic is a really good read. You're also a really good follow on Twitter because you're a truth teller, uh, and you call BS on a lot of stuff. Um, maybe you should calm us down a little bit. We've been, sure. like, exuberant over the top. Yeah. Oh, five and two. I was yelling earlier. I'm like, I told you they would start five and two. Right. Let, let's let's also deal with reality. Okay. They they just played the Broncos and the Eagles. Right. Both teams might not be good. Now the, the cool thing is they smashed them. Right. But do we all need to pump the brakes a little bit? Like consider the competition. I don't know, man. Usually I'm the guy that says you know pump it down a little bit and slow down. But yesterday I thought it was a huge trap game. I said that you know all last week. I thought that, I mean, the Eagles are actually pretty tough D line. Got talent and offense. Jalen Hurts is definitely a playmaker. But I was really impressed. I mean, I knew the D-line was obviously it's proven it's been good this year, and I knew the offense would be able to score points. But they handled that game really, really well. They played schematically and just uh, physically. They kind of like just really imposed their will. So if Raider fans want to go nuts this week and and talk big, I'm not going to stop them. Go go nuts. I mean, uh, go all the way. Super Bowl, playoffs, the whole deal, Pro Bowl. It's, uh, you know, it's real funny. If you go back a couple of weeks, Gruden's out. I think there were a lot of media members who were like, good. I never liked that guy, the bluster, the ego. And I saw a couple of pieces, like ESPN.com wrote a piece, and it was like basically, hey, Gruden left behind this crap roster. And I, I read it, I'm like, crap roster? Listen, they've, they've had some flaws. Their first-round picks have not all nailed it, not even close to it. Right. But you also have to recognize their middle-round picks are big contributors on this team. And the other thing is, they had, they had several guys on this defense where it was like, does anyone want these guys? Yeah, we'll take them. And they seem to all be playing well. Yeah, I agree. I think definitely. I think, like you said, Gruden was lightning rod. People always want to have a reaction to whatever he did. And when he left, people were like, oh, you know, they got emotionally involved in what they thought the outcome was going to be. But clearly they made some right moves. Here and Mac have made some right moves the last few years. There have been some bad ones. No, no doubt we've all covered those. But, I mean, you mentioned Max Crosby, you know, you know fourth-round pick. Best pass rusher in the league today in, in the NFL, which is – He's worked really hard to get that, and I just think that um, Hunter Renfro, a guy you alluded to, but a lot of key playmakers on this team on both sides of the ball. Denzel Perriman came out; he was cut, and it came out of nowhere. I mean, uh, have you have you heard from people on on the three guys, Perriman, KJ Wright, and Hayward? And they're, I mean, they're all different cases, but right. like, why were they out there? Well, Hayward, because the, the word on the, in the, on the street, I guess the NFL street, uh, was that he had lost a step; like he was not the player he once was. You know, and those guys get a certain age and be like, you know what, he wants, what, $4 or $5 million a year. Like, wait a minute, hold on. Still, KJ Wright got to the age, like, you know what, maybe he's not worth this money. And he was, uh, KJ is, you know, uh, his benefit, he definitely healed, healed tough. I'm not going to go somewhere and take less money. I know what I'm worth. And, he, and he's not playing that much right now, but he's definitely been a big factor as far as leadership in the locker room. And I just think that these guys have something to You get a veteran has something to prove and still has the you know, athletic ability left. And the intelligence to make plays and know what's coming next, it's, it's a big deal. The, I, I think, you know, Vic, when you talk about KJ, you talk about Denzel, I think one of the cool things about this team is, is those guys were brought in, right, the veterans, Ngakwe, Casey Hayward. They were brought in to lead the youngsters, to mentor them, and to have an impact. So when we've seen spot plays by some of the younger guys, on weeks when the veterans are stepping up, like Casey's stepped up, right, um, Denzel had a big game. Uh, Yannick had a big game yesterday, right? So Max was there and, and contributing. But what we are not – we haven't heard about Nate Hobbs, but nobody's saying anything negative whereas, because he had big games throughout. So they're, they're contributing. They've had some big games here or there. And then when the veterans do – so we're not – every week when the alternate of who's having a big game, 
you're not having to go back and say, oh, we didn't need to him. They shouldn't have drafted him. They shouldn't have brought him. It's almost right. like they're trading off who's going to have the big game, and everybody's playing off each other. Yeah, and I'll go back like to the guys you're talking about are all guys who played for Gus Bradley. And so I think that shows he knew what they could do. He knew the mix would be right with him and the younger players. And also, to me, it shows that when you hire Gus Bradley, you're like, you pretty much give him free reign. Look, bring your guys in. Do what you want. We have these guys who drafted really high. If you don't want to play them, that's fine. Like, Cleve like, Farrell. Like, how often does that happen? Not right? very often. David because it's embar- in a way, it's embarrassing. It but I've been saying it since the beginning of the year. There aren't a lot of coaches who are like, hey, whatever it takes, man. If Arnett's not, I mean, a, a year plus into his career, they're like, if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. Yeah, so I think that's about uh, Gruden that was uh, kind of, like, I don't want to say refreshing, but, like, he knew he made these picks. He knew they invested the money in these guys, but he, wants to, he wanted to win. So he didn't care. If you don't want to play David Arnett, that's fine. But you better do well. If you don't do well and he's not playing, we're going to have a problem. Same with, you know, Cleve Farrell. If you don't want to play him, that's your call. But obviously, you got to win. You got to have a good defense. If your defense is not playing well and not using my, my top draft picks, then we're going to have a problem. But I totally trust you. brought you in. And it's worked. It's definitely uh, it's, it's paid off for him. Vic Taver from The Athletic is here with us. Twin Peaks. We're getting ready for Monday Night Football, Seahawks, and Saints. Bye week, then at Giants. I'm not blowing past the Giants game because no game on the road is easy. But, man, the setup for the Chiefs, the, what's going on with the Chiefs right now, I'm sure you talk to people around the league. Is there a real reason for concern? I know it's a three-and-four start. Right. But are there whispers out there like there's something wrong with this team? Like here are the two or three reasons why they're not achieving right now. Well, I guess it comes back to the defense. Obviously, is terrible. And I think, therefore, is Mahomes trying too hard? He also, you know, Hill and Kelsey have some injuries. But the turnovers in offense is a big deal this year. They had like 17, I think, turnovers. So I think, you know, to me, I still, I still think they'll be there at the end of the year. I think Mahomes will figure it out. The offense will score points. Defense will get a little bit better. So I'm not going to totally buy into the demise of the Chiefs. But the concern's real. I'm definitely, they, they looked terrible yesterday. I think people definitely, uh, Every right to question, you know, if they had a hangover from last year. We had we had someone on last week, and we were talking, um, and every week, Steve will have someone on from the division or, you know, the, uh, a rival or somewhere where we're, uh, the team's playing against, uh, the Raiders are playing against. So I'll, I'll pose it to you. After this week, heading into their bye, rate the AFC West. <laughs> well, I guess i got to go. The Chargers beat them, right? So I'm still going to go Chargers one, so they beat the Raiders. But uh, it's close. I think, like, you know, you, you think about confidence in the NFL. Confident. I mean, talent's important, coaching's important, but confidence and you actually believe that you can do it and you start doing it, that's a huge deal. I think these guys, you see it now, they believe. They believe they can beat anybody. They believe that they have the, the pieces in place. So 5-2 and two, and you go to a bye week, you're thinking about all week long. Like, you know, we actually are, we're good. I think that's a very powerful feeling. So, yeah, I think it's 1-2 Chargers Raiders, but it's really, really close. Make sure if you're listening, you sign up for The Athletic. If you're not familiar with it, a lot of really good writers. um, Long form, like, it's still around. There's still good writers out there. And I'll I'll give the whole place credit. The the Ed Orgeron deep dive story last week was freaking awesome. Like, that's the kind of stuff. That's why sports writers are needed because, you know, they have insight and they have investigative abilities to find out. I mean, that was pretty crazy with him. Um, And actually, last week, their crimes are different. But I actually tied together Gruden. You're kind of the... The football ego guy, and like you can, you can lose control of yourself when you know you're making that much money, and you're the guy. Yeah, you do things that you don't think are come back to you. I guess at some point, and I'm sure when Gruden, when those emails are they were, I'm sure he wasn't thinking about, hey, someone's going to see these besides the guy I'm selling them to. So yep. you, you never know. All right, Vic, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate back, it. Back to the studio. We'll get you some final numbers from uh, this week in terms of betting, and look ahead to tonight's game. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. 
It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Finally. 40 minutes. I got to wait for Timmy Trumpet. Let's do it. Good job, Ari. You found it. You got you. Nothing more intense than Timmy Trumpet freaks combined with Stu Finer yelling at us. Sure. Free, 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 free. Now, if there's a way he could edit in someone to, with, with, so yeah, freaks, freaks, freaks. Yeah. Isn't this what your song's called? Um, let's not go down this path. We know you're a better DJ with real experience as opposed to Ari. I know you were just calling him out there. I don't want to make an obvious audience, but there is a little rivalry between old school Willie and new no, – not really. I don't know what, what Ari is, but he's an aspiring DJ reforms. at, four, at 47 in, years old. Two years in, mark this down, Steve realized that I am not a DJ, finally. It only, um, it only took all that for you to realize that. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? I, I'm not a DJ. I've never been a DJ. I have much respect for DJs. But yes, I've never been in the club with two turntables, and you should try it. Why don't why, why don't you do it? I, I have. You know I what, mean, Ari? Just, From I, now on, I'm going to send you random emails when I know I'm going to be on the show, and there's going to be something that you're going to have to study, and then we're going to go over it on the show. That's all right. I'm well old versed, school stuff that I'm has to do with things. Well versed in turntablism, I'm just yes. Yeah, I respect them, so I'm not going to say that I am. Okay, I like that. That was a, that's a good comeback. Uh, betting this weekend, college football. I did nothing. I literally didn't bet anything. I didn't like Saturday's card. Chilled out. Uh, NFL, well, I did say the Raiders were my favorite play. Yeah. Uh, I also said on Westgate Show on Sunday morning that I was going to bet the Texans. I didn't bet them straight up. I put them in a teaser. Uh, I got six points. I was Texans plus 26, Lions plus 22 and a half. Push. I got, I got a push on the teaser, and I did bet the Chiefs in-game plus one and a half. Oof. Last that, week, that, that was rough. Last week on this show. Ari uh, pulled the audio and played me saying Raiders. And then last week, and you said you looked at me across the street and you said, huh, I'm not doing that. Well, who did I give you? Who? I gave you the Cardinals. You went you against did. me. I know. I went against you. So um, I had the Cardinals. I had the Packers. I like the Raiders. I got my. I, had, I, I lost a total, though. My best total, Titans, Chiefs over. Ooh, brutal. Yeah. I got mocked heavily by both John Murray and Adam Candy yesterday for saying that I put the Raiders in as my survivor pick. How about that? Oh, Worked, yeah. didn't it? Can only use the team once a year. So I can't wait till Sunday show. That was the spot. What do you got tonight? Seahawks, Saints. I, I got the Seahawks. Me too. Seahawks and under. Sa- Saints offense is usually a terror, wow. and it's terribly statistical. You have a giant thumb right in your face from Vic Taver. Come on down. Twin Peaks, great spot for Monday Night Football. Willie has prizes.